Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. You know, as I first came in, I was thinking and I was thinking, gee, I wish there wasn't a roof on this building. I wish there weren't walls on this building and I wish we were like in a, in a stadium sitting in the middle so everybody could see. We weren't just hidden in these four walls, but we're out there expressing just like we did just then in front of everybody. For everyone to know, everyone to see what it means to, to really have a saviour like Jesus in our lives and what it means to us. And, and I, I just pray and hope. I pray and hope that that, that sovereign nature of, of God would flow into our lives and we would step into this world knowing that we have authority, knowing we have strength, knowing that there is a love that flows out for us to touch the world around us. I don't want to just live in these four walls. I think it's great we get to come in here and to, to meet together as a church, a body that's, that's joined in unity under our Saviour, Lord Jesus Christ, and to encourage each other, to equip each other, to get ready to go out and to do something great for Him. But let us not just be stuck in here in these four walls. I love the fact we get to come and we get to meet with Jesus. We get to come and have his Holy Spirit come over us and touch us afresh and to refuel us and reinvigorate us for the next week. But I don't want to stay here. I want to go out. I want to go out and be spent for him. Is that your heart? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, This has been a a bit of a wrestle this week, getting this word together. um, You know, last weekend, who was here last weekend? Men, I, it was such a pleasure spending time with you last weekend. I love Saturday night where we, where we spent the time around the front here and to seeing men, tears running down their cheeks. Men who are, who are softened and, and wanted to touch God. I love hearing that, that men during the week, just through their normal days, can't help themselves, but they start crying again. Not, not out of sadness, but out of cause it's just the fact that God's doing something in their lives. I loved, loved hearing the stories about how the men that were here in the weekend, when they went back, even up to Wilma, and here's Sunday morning, that there was a real touch of God upon their lives because something had been reinvigorated in their lives over the weekend. So men, do not lose it. You've taken a step. Do not take a step back. Keep stepping in. Because the stats are, and, and I thought it was when a man gets saved, 75% of the time his family gets saved. And when a woman gets saved, 35% of the, the time their family gets saved. But I was actually reading again during the week, and the stats are when a man gets saved, 93% of the time, their family gets saved. Men, you are so influential. Men, you carry an authority in your lives, not demeaning women in any way. We're still equal, but we've got different, different callings in our lives. Men, when you get saved, the authority you have will, will change the world around you. Do not let the enemy steal that from you. Do not take second best. God has got something really good for you, men. Let me tell you. Um, yeah, and I love when, when Tom was speaking last weekend, how real he was, how he had his heart attack and it debilitated him physically. But then after he got over his heart attack and he started recovering from his physical ailments, then the trauma hit him. And he had to go through a, a, a year or two of, of working through the trauma from that situation in his life until he came to a place where he was set free. And I loved the fact that he has been a Christian for 35 years and yet still he had things put against him. But let me tell you, he got through it. Yeah. 
So whatever the enemy throws against you, if you stick strong in him, you're going to get through it. So what I'm going to speak on this morning, or my theme is the rut or the rip this morning. The rut or the rip. And has anyone here ever been caught in a rip? Yeah, I mean, I, I, go, I go surfing. I haven't been for ages because I've been really slack. Actually, I did go in the week once. It was good too. <laughs> um, but, you know, when you, when you surf, you, you want to look and you want to find the rip because when you find the rip, it's like hopping an escalator. You just get a free ride out the back. And when you're old like me and, and you're a bit tired, it's a struggle getting out the back. Um, but you jump in a rip. But when you don't want to be in a rip, it's not a good situation. Four times in my life that I can think of, I've been stuck in rips that were pretty precarious, and it really stretched me. Uh, one was when I was really young, and, and there, were, there were three, three my, my sister and her friend and myself, we went swimming in, in this beach where there, there was nobody, and I say nobody, it was a west coast of NZ, very, very rough. We went swimming, and, and I'm, I was used to it, going under and you know, getting, getting caught in a rip, that's fine. These two girls got caught in a rip, and they got dragged way out, and I'm talking like, it was big surf, and uh, by the time I got out there, this girl was, was bawling her eyes out. She thought she was going to die. She was sure she was going to die. And getting out there, and, and I can remember getting out there, reassuring her, grabbing her, taking her by, by, from behind and dragging her sideways, getting out of the rip until we hit a sandbank. Second one was when Matthew was, was young and we were, going, we were in nippers and he was, he was really scared of going out the back. And we jumped, jumped in the water, we caught, caught in this rip, and I'm getting dragged out because I was with him swimming, and he was on a board. Well, he caught a board halfway in, and he was stuck in no man's land. He couldn't swim very well, and I couldn't get back to him because I was caught in this rip, and it was dragging me out, and I had to wait, get out of the rip, and get, try and swim back in to try and catch him, and thank goodness he caught a wave and got in. Um, third time, as I've told the story before, I was down, down south, and I, I was surfing, my leg rope broke, and I got caught in this rip, and it dragged me in and out three times before I managed to get back in. The last one was when I went to Stratty and I was over the other side of the seaway and there was this big huge storm and four of us crazy people, we paddled across the seaway, no one was over there. It was rough, it was, it was raining, it was just terrible, the, the, the sea was all brown, got over there and the wind was howling and I decided that, that we're on the inside trying to catch these waves but it we went very good and I could see them a bit better at the back so stupid me decides I'm going to swim out on my own and get out there and got caught in this rip and there was nobody like I said. No boats going in out because it was too rough. And the seaway's dragging the water out. And I'm, I'm stuck in the corner. If I knew if I go in the corner, I'm going to get caught in the, in the seaway and I'm going out to sea. And there was nobody. I was on my own. And I'm sitting there for about 15 minutes paddling water. Just paddling, 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 paddling. Paddling, 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 paddling until my arms were gone. Finally, finally this one set comes in and I managed to hop on the set. Didn't bother standing up, I tell you. All I did was hung on to my board for life or death until I got back in. And I don't know if any of those situations meet with you with your life situations, but life can throw up some really hairy points, things in our life. And sometimes it feels like you're just stuck in this rip and no matter how hard you try, you just can't get out of it. And it drags you to a place that you never wanted to be. It drags you to a place where it's physically in a place you didn't want to be, spiritually in a place you didn't want to be, or emotionally, intellectually in a place you didn't want to be and you find yourself going into a hole, into a place and you, and you just can't get out of this thing. Well, let me tell you, there is a way out. There is a way out. And I'd like to go through a few thoughts this morning. Now, I've, I've got a scripture here this morning 
And I started off talking about rips, and that doesn't sound very positive. And now I've got a scripture that probably sounds even less positive, but can, can, you, can you stick with it for a while? We, we were living in, we were going through Haggai, and we were sort of pulled away from a little bit, but I'm going to go back to Haggai. And this has been a wrestle. But anyway, we'll read from Haggai chapter 2, verses 10 to 14, 17 and 19. So, from verse 10, on the 24th day of the ninth month in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Ask the priests what the law says. If someone carries consecrated meat in the fold of their garment, and that fold touches touches some bread or stew, some wine, olive oil, or other food, does it become consecrated? And the priests said no. Isn't that positive? Then Haggai said, if a person defiled by contact with a dead body touches one of these things, does it become defiled? Yes, the priest replied, replied, it becomes defiled. Isn't that positive? (laughs) Then Haggai said, So it is with this people and this nation in my sight, declares the Lord. Whatever they do and whatever they offer, there is defiled. And then it goes on in verse 17. I struck all the work of your hands with blight, mildew and hail. You did not return to me, declares the Lord. Isn't that positive? Who says praise the Lord? Who says thank you God for your word? Now, I don't know if any of that spoke to you. But my God is powerful. My God is mighty. My God is controller of the heaven and the earth. But my God has also given us some disciplines we've got to live by if we want to live well. And then lastly, I'm going to, verse 19, I'm going to read one positive scripture. And it says, Is there yet any seed left in the barn? Until now, the vine and the fig tree, the pomegranate and the olive oil have not borne fruit. But then he says, from this day on, I will bless you. From this day on, I will bless you. And we'd like to go through a little bit of the story from from that that time where he was saying that whatever you touch is going to be cursed. and, And if you're holy and you put it with something unholy, it all becomes unholy. And if you touch something undefiled, then you're undefiled. But then after, after a few verses later, He says, but I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. And I hope this is going to make sense what I'm going to talk about. So the first thing I'd like to say is, first question I'd like to put to everybody is, are you clean? Are you clean? Are you clean? Are you clean? Are you sure? Are you sure you're clean? You know, there's so many thoughts I had around the scripture. It mightn't sound like it, but I open up the scripture, and, and so, you know when you open up scripture, and Shane Willard says this, you're meant to wrestle with it. You're meant to wrestle. And this is, this is really simple, this thought. But it, it brings a wrestle in your spirit, which you should have. If you read the scripture, and it doesn't make you question something, or it doesn't add to you, then I encourage you to read the scripture again. Write it over the story of your life. Put yourself in the situations Put yourself in the context of what, what the people were saying. and So how does this a, a, apply to me? What can I learn from this? Also to, does it apply for me? Hey, maybe it does. Maybe I never thought of that before. Wrestle with the word and allow it to speak to you. You know, we all talk about 
in, in our Christian faith and we talk about falling into a rut. But have you noticed when you fall into a rut, especially when you're four-wheel drive, you just change down a gear, you put the power on, you jump out of that rut. Or if, or if you're, let me, let me say it, if you're a really holy person, <laughs> you hit a rut and so you put the praise music on. You jump in and you start praying. You do your you get, you get stuck in and, and you say, this rut is not going to hold me because I'm going to jump over this rut. But then there's other times in life when there's a rut in front of you and you can jump over it, but there's, some, there's another time in your life when you're in a rip. And it's like there's a bit of string on your back. And whenever you try and take a step forward, this rip tries to drag you back. And you try, you're trying to make headway and you're trying to pursue God. You're trying to get ahead. You're trying to step into all that he has for you. But there's something that just keeps pulling you back. And I don't know if that relates to some of you here this morning because it's easy to, to hit, a, hit, hit a, a bit of a hole in the ground and jump over that hole. But to try and jump and then there's something stuck on you pulling backwards out, it's a different story. And some of us are here like that this morning. Some of us are sticking and we're pursuing God. We're pressing into God, but there's this unseen force that keeps pulling us back. Shouldn't be, shouldn't be, shouldn't be, shouldn't be. And I feel like the, the people in Haggai had stepped away from God and they had, they had whatever they, they chose to do, that they had they'd chosen, and even though their lives should have been holy, they were touching some things they should not have touched. And it was dragging them back. It was dragging them back to a place they probably didn't want to be. I wonder if when you're sitting here right now this morning, is there a thought popped into your head? That thing I've been wrestling with. That problem that I should have overcome by now. That thing that happened to me when I was young that never should have happened. And it's like this unseen force that keeps dragging at your shirt. And you struggle and you struggle. And you're in this rip and you're just trying to get to the shore and you're trying to get to the shore but the rip keeps dragging you back out. You love God. I love my God. I worship Him. I honour Him. But there's this thing that keeps on getting hold of me. And I don't want it in my life. I don't want it anywhere near my life. You know, and I'm going to go to the sin thing. Sin can be fun at the beginning, but there's always a catch. There's always a catch. When you fall into sin, it's like you're jumping in this rip, and, you, and it's really fun for a while. It's like you're in, you've jumped in the water, and hey, this is nice and cool. This is great, I'm enjoying these waves, they're, they're fantastic, this is, this is awesome. But then pretty soon there's something, unseen force is dragging you and it drags you into a place you never thought you'd be. It drags you into a situation that you never thought you'd be in. It grabs you into a mental state you never thought you would be in in your life. And these rips can come and go, but there is a way out. See, in Proverbs 14, 12, it says, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death, and that's talking about sin. And I believe we're all broken, and I believe God is putting us back together, bit by bit, piece by piece. One of Claire's favorite thoughts is we're like an onion, and God, and God just doesn't come in with a knife and just smash the onion. 
and it rips us open, but it tears us apart. He gets it and he peels us one layer at a time. I'm going to fix this layer, then I'm going to fix this layer, then I'm going to fix this layer, and then I'm going to fix this layer until all the layers are off and we're holding him. I believe that the scripture too in Haggai, they were talking and they were talking about the, the holy thing. And, and if you know anything about priests, uh, they, they wore their, their garment and it hung loose so they could put, they could, it was talking about this, this meat or this, this, this sacrifice that was holy, putting it into their garment, close to their heart. It was close to their heart. But the trouble was, they were taking some things that weren't holy and they were taking them and putting them close to their heart as well. And so they had this holy thing next to their heart, but they also had this unholy thing next to the heart. Have you ever noticed when you go to a hospital, or go anywhere, for instance, and if you're well, if you go to someone who's not well, say they've got a cold or a flu, and you speak to this person with a cold or their flu, do you think just by the fact that, that you're well that they're going to get better? Are they going to get better just because you're well, just by speaking to them? Or breathing over them? But what happens if they're sick with the flu and you get close to them and they breathe all over you? What are you going to say to those, that person? I speak the name of Jesus. You're going to tell that person, I'm, I'm not going to have that. But sometimes in the natural, the same thing happens in the spiritual. And if we think we, we as people can just go in, in that situation, go to someone who's got a flu, a really bad flu, and have them breathe or maybe vomit all over us, and we're not going to get affected, you've got another thing coming. Can I say that Jesus, and I'm saying this in a holy and holy manner, do you realize that Jesus went, went to the sinners? He ate with the sinners. He loved being with the sinners. He spent time with the sinners. He looked for the sinners and he went to be with the sinners. But you do realize that he never sinned. He spent a lot of time with the sinners, but he never sinned. He did not allow, even though he was with the sinners, he did not allow that flu to, to touch his life. And there's only one way he did that. He didn't sin. <laughs> I'm trying to make this not a heavy sermon, not a heavy thought. But I know last weekend I saw men's lives touched. I saw people being set free. I saw things happening that I haven't seen for a long, long time. And I thought, listen, guys, if we're depressed at all that God has for us, we focus on God and we shift our eyes from the world. We go out into the world, but we're not of the world. We go into the world, but we're not, we are not of the world. We not let the world overtake us. We come and we change the situation in the world. And just as, as, as in, in the situation with the, with the holy sacrifices that were put by their chest, they didn't take the unholy things and put it beside it as well. They just kept the holy things there. See, we can get mixed up in our faith we get mixed up because we come and we, we accept salvation. Oh, goodness me, I've gone too long again. We accept salvation, the person of Jesus. We have a close encounter and we love it when that happens. But then after we've had this personal encounter with Jesus, we don't just stay there. Then we start to live by the principles of Jesus. And the principles of Jesus brings us success. This means remaining faithful. I don't know what you're like, young, young guys in this, and girls in this place. If you want to know how to live life well, pick someone with white hair. 
go and have a conversation with them. My mum, my mum, when she was dying, when, and, and, and I got to go over and see her before she was dying, and I got to read Psalm 23 out of her. She came out of a semi-coma, read Psalm 23 to her, and she, she, she just said, she started um, speaking again as I read it to her and saying how good God was and these sort of things. Got to pray for her, and then when I left, she went back into a coma, and she died a few days later. But I was thinking about my mum. She went through some tough times, emotionally, physically, but she stayed faithful. And in the end, when she left this world, her greatest love was when I read that Psalm 23 to her and she related to Psalm 23. Guys, if you're going through situations you can't handle, find someone who's older. Find someone who's been through those situations. Find someone who's won victories. Find someone who knows how to live life well and go and speak to them. They will tell you how to not mix the holy with the unholy. They will talk to you what it means to stay faithful. They'll talk to you about their victories that they've won. They'll talk to you about how they've overcome life circumstances. You know, when, when we go through life, sometimes things happen that we just can't get over. Could be the death of your parents. And it, all, it leaves a chink in you when your parents die. Maybe it could be the death of a child in your life. Something you're always going to carry with you. But even though that's happened in your life, you do not stay in that place. Sometimes you have to walk around that situation. Even though you're carrying the pain of that situation, you choose to go on and forward in God. Firm foundations, deep roots. You know, I talked about if someone had a cold and you're holy and you come next to that person with a cold. There's only one way one way. If you can come to church, you'll get influenced by church. As we meet together, we strengthen each other, we build each other up. But there's only one way to really be strong in God, and that's your personal relationship with God. Your personal relationship with Jesus. Deep prayer. Times in the Word. Spending times in solitude. Spending time sharing the gospel. If you've lost your faith, if you've lost some of the enthusiasm of your faith, can I encourage you? Get deep with God. Get deep with God and don't just sit with God. Get deep with God and get out in the world and share, share the gospel. Let your gospel become alive in you. You know, we talk about the, the Old Testament and we, we say the laws were for the Old Testament. And the laws were there because they'd come out of a place of um, gee, don't you hate it when words go? Slavery, <laughs> slavery that's the one. <laughs> they had slave drivers in their life. They came out of a place of slavery. And we say the law was written just for the Old Testament. Have you forgotten what you were like? Have you forgotten where you came from? Have you forgotten what you've overcome? We've all come out of slavery. We've all come out of slave drivers and we've all been set free. And the laws in the Bible will keep us free. They will keep us safe. And this, this simple thought that they shared in Haggai about the holy being mixed with the unholy, it's for us relevant today as much as any, anything else. You know, Craig Grishel says, your lives move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And for us, our strongest thoughts should always be Jesus. 
Not, not living by the culture of this world, but living by the, by the culture of what Jesus says. You know, if we have strongholds in our life because we've mixed two things, the spiritual with the unspiritual, if we have a stronghold in life, a stronghold in Greek is, the, is called akamoron, and it's a person locked by deception, just like a rip. You're stuck in it, you can't get out. If there's a stronghold in your life that you're struggling with, it's like a rip, it keeps pulling you back to a place. And you, st- you go in the cycle over and over and over and over again. We do not have to be in that cycle because Jesus came and he set us free. He came to set us free. See, John 8, 36 says, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. So my second thought is, we can be clean or whole. And in verse 13 and 14 of, of Haggai, I'm gonna, it's, once again, it's a really uplifting, amazing scripture. It says, then Haggai said, if someone who is unclean by contact with a dead body touches any of these, does it become unclean? And the priest answered and said, it does become unclean. You know, we can become contaminated from our sin. But I love, I love, I love, I love, I love Jesus. And do you know why I love Jesus so much? Because in Matthew 8, verses 1 to 3, and it says, When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing. And can I tell you, he is willing this morning. You are not stuck. He is willing to set you free and to make you clean this morning. He said, be clean. In fact, in the name of Jesus, you be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, do you know, actually, do you notice he reached out his hand and touched the man? What do we just read in Haggai? What do we just read? When you're clean, what do you touch? If you touch a leper, you're unclean. And this is a Shane Willardism too, thinking about it. So they've, they've been told all their lives they're not allowed to touch a leper because if they touch a leper, they're going to be unclean. And then Jesus turns up. And he reaches out and, and, and he touches this leper. And what should have made him unclean, instead of the transference going this way, Jesus puts everything on the head turns it all upside down and, and, he, and he says I, I'm not going to be unclean you're going to be clean and, and you do know even though we've got to follow the laws of Haggai and, and do what, what it says that we've also got this side too that we can actually touch the unclean and they're going to be clean do not have an expectation and, 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 and it all comes down to perceptions I suppose or, or what we do we've got a choice we can go into a place which is unholy And we can choose to lower ourselves to the standards of that place. And it will affect us. We will walk away different in a negative way. Or we can be like Jesus. We can go into an unholy place sanctified and we can stand up and we can speak or operate in our sanctification. We can pray for the sick and they're healed. We can speak the words of life and the situation, the atmosphere will change in that place because the holy is going to be transferred upon the unholy and it will make it holy. Do you believe that's what's in you this morning? Do you believe that's what's in you today? Because even though the scripture I read can seem very, very negative, it's our choice. 
Because I believe in Haggai when he's talking about sanctified and unsanctified and, and touching a leper and becoming unclean. It all came down to the position of their hearts. And Haggai, we all know we've been studying it for a long time now, they, they'd moved away from their true calling of building the temple and they were building their own paneled houses. And by the way, we should build this temple, we should build this temple. And the core problem was they'd moved away from God and they'd focused on themselves. And these things, these laws which were there to keep them safe, they'd, they'd disregarded because they'd shifted their focus away from God and onto themselves. This morning, what happens if we shift our focus from ourselves and back on Jesus? Then we can step into the Matthew 8 verses 1 to 3. Because then, then Jesus said to him, See that you don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priests and offer the gift Moses' commandment as a testimony to them. You know, your lives are a testimony. They're a testimony to God. Jesus turned this scenario on its head. So with us. We don't have to be bound by our past any longer. We don't have to be bound by our sin any longer. It's just turning to Jesus. Can I encourage you? And it sounds simple. But it's, it's not just saying a one word turning to Jesus. It's picking up your Bible, reading your Bible. It's praying. It's meeting with other Christians. It's stepping into what God has wanted you to do all, all your whole life. You know, each and every one of you has got a calling in your life. Every single one of you. Every single one of you, God has placed a calling upon your life. Will you step into it? Will you reach the fulfillment of what God always meant you to be? Pray, read his word, go out and preach the gospel. Stand by faith. Meet with other Christians. Talk about your Christianity and faith. Pray for each other. Be open towards each other. Share your sins to one another. Find an accountability partner, whatever it is. But in your faith, God can set you free. See, you may think you're falling apart in your life, but you're not a leper. Some people got it. You may feel like you're falling apart, but you're not a leper. And you're not a leper, but you know what? When Jesus turned up, what happened to the leper? I wonder, I wonder if the parts of his body that had fallen off, do you wonder if they came back when he was made whole? Does your mind start, start going through this? Can you imagine coming to a man and maybe his ears had fallen off and Jesus comes along and puts his hand on him and all of a sudden he grows new ears? I wonder if he was made whole physically again. And what does that mean? You know, we just think he was made whole, so he got up and walked on, but maybe he didn't have a leg. <laughs> maybe a leg grew. Can you imagine what it would be like? And if, if lepers can be made whole, you can be made whole. You do not have to live the law where, where you're touched by the unholy and you become unholy because you carry Jesus and the Holy Spirit in your life. So do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will for your life. For the weapons we fight are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And that stronghold in Greek, once again, is akamoron, a person in a prison locked by deception. We can demolish those strongholds in our own lives and others. You know, we were talking with someone during the week and this person was talking about us, about this man named, and yeah, I'll say his name, Trevor. Trevor. <laughs> Hi, Trev. <laughs> well, Trevor, Trevor, uh, 
was, was a Kiwi. Go to the Kiwis. <laughs> well, well, well uh, Trevor was a Kiwi. Trevor had been brought up and had a really rough upbringing. Trevor had been brought up and fell into gang culture. And he, he did everything that was, was the worst thing you could do in, in gang culture, he did. Trevor went to prison, he got out of prison. He went to prison, he got out of prison. He went to prison, he got out of prison. And there was a cycle that went over and over. Trevor was a hardened criminal. And Trevor came out and Trevor met a man who knew Jesus. And when Trevor met a man who knew Jesus, this man told him about the disciples. And he told him, Trevor, about the disciples. And the disciples believed in Jesus. They believed in Jesus so much that even though when they faced a cross, they faced death, they still shared their faith in Jesus. And Trevor said, I, I know what it's like. I, I've, I, I carried a gun. And he said, there was one way to find the truth out of every person. You put a gun to their head. They'll tell you the truth every single time. And he said, if these men were facing death and they did not recant what they believed, he said, I'm going to believe too. Because what they believed was truth. What they believed was truth. What they believed was truth. What do you believe today? Are you like Trevor? Is there things going on in your life? Maybe you're not as, as, as tough as Trevor. Maybe you haven't been through the things Trevor's been through. But have you come to that revelation that these people knew Jesus? This was true. This was reality. This was power. This was authority in their life, even overcoming death. Is that our conviction this morning? Is that our conviction this morning? Is that our conviction this morning? I'm going to go a little bit more. <laughs> you know, when they turned and the, the people in Haggai turned back to their original calling, turned back to rebuilding the temple, they took their eyes off the panel houses and put their eyes back on the temple. Then we get to verse 19. And if we would turn our hearts toward Jesus... Not live in the state where we're mixing the unholy with the holy, but turn our heart back to Jesus. In Haggai 2 verse 19, it says, Is there any seed left in the barn? See, there was nothing left in them. Until now, the vine and the fig tree, the pomegranate and the olive oil have not borne fruit. Do you want to have fruit in your life? The fruit of love, the fruit of joy, the fruit of peace in your life. Do you want to have that in your life? That you can be an overcomer. Well, when they turned towards their God, their God said through the prophet, from this day on, I will bless you. You still might suffer financially. You still might suffer with some problems in your body, but he's going to bless you. He's going to bless you. He's going to bless you. And out of that, there's another story I'd like to quickly read out as we finish. Out of Mark 14, chapter 3, Mark chapter 14, verses 3 and 4. And should this not be us? Should this not be us? 
with our God. Now the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread were only two days away. And the chief priests and the teachers of the law were scheming to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the festival, they said, or the people may riot. And while he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar, a very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly one to another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor, and they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will have always with you, and you can help them at any time you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume over my body before him to prepare for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, and what she has done will also be told in memory of her. See, this woman had been healed. This woman had been demonically possessed and been set free. And she realized what it meant to follow Jesus wholly and solely. And even though the Pharisees and everybody else was in an uproar trying to kill Jesus, she went against the flow. And she grabs a, a, a jar of oil and pours it over, head, over his head, not knowing that she was anointing him for his burial, not knowing that she was going to pour out the best she had upon Jesus. So contrast this morning. Are you going to allow the unsanctified thing to become with the sanctified? Or are you going to allow your life, to, are you going to be dead to yourself and alive in Jesus? Are you going to allow your life to be poured out as a sacrifice for Him? And are you going to allow the blessings that come from doing that to be poured out upon your life? And just as in Haggai, their situation turned around supernaturally when they turned their, heart, their hearts towards Jesus, towards God. So with us, as we turn our hearts towards Jesus, I believe there will be a supernatural change, a supernatural shift in your life. You might have heard this before, but I felt to say it again this morning, this word. Because we're moving into a place where I believe God is going to be revived in us and revived in the world around us. If we really believe that we're going to walk into revival, then maybe we should be revived. We should be revived first. And that means maybe you're taking, taking a step in to step towards God today. To leave some stuff behind and step in so that God can bless in everything we do. And because we've, we've left the old behind, stepping into the new, that means we can take that, that oil of our life and pour it out over Him and bless Him. You know, when I worship... I worship, and I'm, as I'm sitting there worshiping my God, I focus on God and I want to give something to Him. Sometimes I'm thinking, God, I need this, but most of the time I want to focus on Him or I'm focusing on you when I'm worshiping. And I'm saying, God, will you touch the people in this room? God, just I'm worship, worshiping you this morning and I'm offering up a sacrifice. Will it unlock a blessing in this room where everyone is going to feel touched by, by you, Lord God? that each and every one of us is going to walk away different and transformed, that each and every one of us is going to know what it's like to come to the cross and to, to leave our past behind and to walk away new and fresh, 
that each and every one of us knows what it's like to be full of the Holy Spirit, hearing His voice, stepping into all that He has, not stuck with the cursing that, sh- that can cover our lives, but be set free into the blessing that can be in our lives. Is that you, you this morning? I don't know where you're at, but the challenge is, will you give me your all? Let God do with that what He wants. But as my mindset, God, I'm going to give you my all. I'm going to give you my best today. Don't let, don't let the reasoning happen, but if I do that, this is going to happen. If I do that, this might happen. Don't even worry about that. Just say, God, am I going to give you my all? Am I going to give you my all? Can we stand this morning? I just want to pray a prayer this morning. And can every, eye just, every person just close their eyes? I don't need to know what it is. I don't really want to know what it is unless you want to come and speak to me afterwards or someone afterwards. But if you're stuck, if the reality of the freedom of, of Jesus is not in your life, and we all go through things, we all go through problems, we all go through stress and strives, but if there's something in your life and it's got you by the shirt, the, the shirt tails and there's, there's a, a rip that's got you, well, maybe it's time to take, do something different than what you've always been doing and take a side turn, swim out of that rip. Swim out of that rip. Go sideways, find a sandbank that's gonna save you. If you're stuck in something this morning, it might be something in your mind, something physically, something that you struggle with and it keeps on pulling you back. If you relate to that this morning, I'd like to pray over that thing. And if, just to show that that's you, can you raise your hand this morning? Thank you, 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 thank you. God, I pray this morning. God, just as when we're caught in a rip in the practical thing and we lift up our hand and there's a person on the beach called a lifesaver, jumps into the water, jumps on their board, comes out to meet us where we are, picks us up, puts us on the board and takes us to a place of safety. I pray that would be evident here in the house this morning, that God, your people who have raised their hand this morning, Lord, they've lifted it up and we know, Lord, you're our lifesaver. We know, Lord, you came to set us free, that I pray this morning that the reality, Lord God, of what you did on that cross will be poured out upon every single person that that raised their hand this morning. God, Lord, I speak freedom to every situation. I speak freedom to every mindset. I speak, Lord God, freedom of every sin, Lord, that the curse of sin will be broken upon their life. I speak to mortal bodies that have sickness in their lives and it's hindering, Lord, they're moving forward, Lord. God, I pray that as they lift up their hand, Lord, that you would paddle out and meet them in their area of need, Lord God. Pick them up, Lord, and put them to the place of safety, Lord God. Lord, a place, Lord God, Lord, where, hey, when we fall, Lord, we feel convicted because so then we can put up our hands again and be rescued yet again. Not a place of condemnation where we feel like we're, we're broken and we go out to the rip to a place we should not be. So this morning, Lord God, convict us where we need to be convicted. 
that God, we might be set free this morning. So let the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, touch minds, touch hearts, touch bodies in this house this morning. That freedom might come, Lord. It might be released over people, Lord. Even as I pray this simple prayer this morning, Lord God, that God, Lord, where there's been depression, Lord, joy would come. Where there's been pain, Lord God, people would be set free, Lord, and released, Lord. Lord God, Lord, where they're stuck, Lord, in financial difficulties, Lord God, that the blessings of God will come, Lord. Lord, as we give our lives wholly and solely as a sacrifice to You today. God, let Your joy come. Let Your peace come, Lord, over every single person, Lord. I pray. I pray. I pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.